All right, Lions, it's all access with men's basketball head coach Stan Johnson. Each week, Coach Johnson will take Lions behind the scenes with the men's basketball program, talk about the new standard and upcoming events with the program. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get started, we just want to thank our sponsor, LMU Athletics. would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family. You can visit your local University Credit Union at ucu.org. Well, we're now in the meat of the basketball season, and LMU is well underway in WCC play. The team now sits at 8-6 and six on the season and 3-3 three and three in WCC matchups. Today, I sit down with Coach Johnson to talk about winning big, season interruptions, injuries, and what he's learned so far in his first year as a head coach. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be here. Well, it's good to see. It's been a minute since we've spoken, but a lot has happened. Uh, Over the last couple days, it's been announced that for the second time this season, LMU is pausing all men's basketball operations uh, for at least 10 days due to positive COVID-19 tests within the program. First things first, how is everyone doing? Everybody's good. And uh, that's always the most important thing. But, um, you know, all the guys are good. Staff's good. People are healthy. Uh, So we're very fortunate that way. Oh, that's great to hear. And during the last shutdown, you guys got pretty creative as far as maximizing your time on Zoom. And uh, you created film reels for each player and even threw in some game nights to, to keep it fun. Uh, are some of the same strategies being implemented this time? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of our you know protocol when things like this hit. We have a plan that we go to uh, and that we activate. So we're we're in the middle of that. You know, obviously, you know, the first time around, it's you know, it was around Christmas. That's a lot easier to deal with because, you know, you had a big break in your schedule anyways. You weren't going to miss as many games. Um, you know, this time around is a little bit of a gut punch because of the amount of games we could possibly miss and, you know, where we're at in terms of the season. Uh, but also just going through it a second time. And, you know, we have to have a heightened level of mental toughness to get through this. And, you know, the thing I've told our guys, you know, we, we keep talking about what what does it take to break you and what is it going to take to break you? And is this what we're going to allow to break us? And we can't. And we have to almost look at it as a gift. And the gift here is, you know, we have an opportunity to see how badly we really want the things we say we want because it just got that much harder. And it's an opportunity to, to really put, again, our, our character, uh, our culture back on the line. You know, and that's that's got to be the approach. It, it's fair. It'd be very easy to check out right now. And if you're average, most average people would check out right now. We can't be average. We have to be elite. And it's really, really hard to do. Um, but our guys are fighting through it. Is there anything different being done this time in terms of approaching how the team is is meeting over Zoom or practicing or anything like that? No. I mean, uh, everything's still the same. You know, the, the only difference is we had five guys who have already had it. We had two coaches who had it. So those guys that have had it, they no longer, um, you know, they don't have to quarantine and do that. So those guys can still work out, uh, which is good because uh, at least we have somebody doing something. You know, so for those five guys, that's a little different than the last time. The last time around, um, everybody was, you know, kind of a no-go for anything. You know, so that that's the big difference right now. 
In terms of working out and staying fit during the lockdown, what are some of the things that uh, the guys are doing at home while they're in isolation without having access to their normal workout equipment? Well, they're, you know, they're on exercise bikes. They're, you know, they do have some weights. Um, they're on Zoom with our our strength coach, Jordan, who's doing an incredible job. I mean, he's, you know, he's got the biggest and most important job right now is to try to keep these guys fit virtually. And uh, he's been incredible with with how he's, you know, the way he's planned and, and how he's attacked it and the response he's gotten from our guys. You know, he did a great job the first time around. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of what we're doing. The biggest thing is trying to, you know, the people who did not test positive, the guys that tested positive, they can't do anything, obviously, whoever those people are. But the ones that haven't, you know, they, you know, they're they're working out as best they can in their room to, to stay in as best a shape as we can. Well, we're hoping uh, and wishing everybody that does have it a quick recovery, and, and we hope to see you guys back out there in full form uh, very soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I want to talk uh, a little bit about that quick five games in 10-day stretch that you guys did. Uh, with such a quick turnaround between those games, especially in conference, how did you guys go about preparing for each of those matchups and each of those opponents? Well, I mean, it wasn't anything different than what we normally do. I mean, it was just a little more condensed. But, uh, you know, one game at a time, we prepared for everybody the same. Uh, some games, obviously, for example, if we played... St. Mary's, we, we only had a day in between to get ready for Santa Clara. So that next day was more of a walkthrough, film, video, no physical contact. And, and then we played them. Um, and then I think we had Portland after that and kind of the same thing. We actually left after the uh, Santa Clara game, got on the plane, went to Portland, got there that night. Um, the next day we walked through, film, video, you know, played on a Monday. Uh, so that that's kind of how it's been. Um, when we got back from that trip, you know, I gave the guys Tuesday and Wednesday off because of the amount of games we've been playing. And, you know, we, we practiced Friday to get ready for San Diego. So even in that stretch where you figure from your game Monday to a game Saturday in a bye week, you'd have some time to practice. You know, we, we haven't had that either. That's been hard. By the end of that 10-day stretch, uh, was the team really ready for a break or had they kind of gotten used to that that faster, quicker pace? Yeah, you know, a lot of that was, you know, we needed the rest, We but we, we had guys banged up. I mean, obviously, we, we've lost Damian for the season. You know, Joe's fighting there. He's fighting some injuries, and I, I felt like our guys needed that time for their bodies um, more so than anything else. You know, so that was, you know, really the reason behind that. You know, we're right now we've got a very short bench uh, based on injuries and, you know, you got to manage it the best we can. So that's what we're trying to do right now. Well, I do want to go in and, and speak about Damian Douglas a little bit. Uh, last week, it was announced that he has been ruled out for the rest of the season uh, with an injury. You've mentioned in the past how tough he is and, and you've said, quote, he's the ultimate competitor. What can you tell us about his mindset right now as he's starting to focus on healing? Well, I think he's a little bummed out because, you know, it's two years in a row you haven't had a chance to last year to play and then this year to finish the season. Damian was having a very good year and, you know, really making a case for one of the rising stars in our league, you know, and he's a big piece to what we do. Uh, so I think there's a level of frustration for him, but, you know, he understands the big picture and um, we know that when he's healthy, 
we know what we have. And uh, although it stinks, uh, the one blessing is he gets to take care of what he needs to take care of now so he can be back and, you know, back to working out and improving his game in the summer so he can have a great year next year. Yeah, you mentioned that he he had to miss all of last season, but you know he he came back and in the twelve games he did play, he started those games. He was second on the team in terms of points per game scored. He was fourth in conference and rebounding, third in conference and field goal percentage. What impact will his absence uh, for the rest of the season have on the team? Well, it's a big one. You know, it's not only the scoring. It's you know, a lot of times we put him on the other team's best perimeter player. Um, I mean, anytime you're replacing a guy who's fourth in the league in rebounding, that's hard to replace. You know, a guy who's a decent rebounder. We're talking about one of the best rebounders in in our conference. Um, so that's hard to to replace. But when you go through the season, you tell guys all the time, "Be ready." You never know when your opportunity is going to come. And there's a lot of guys who wanted to play more. Now they have an opportunity. And we're not going to use Damian being out, and we're certainly not going to use uh, COVID or anything as an excuse. Um, there's a lot of teams around the country battling a lot of stuff. We're one of them, and. Uh, this is an opportunity for our team to grow. It's an opportunity for guys who didn't play much to play now and, and gain more confidence. And, you know, this is how you grow your team and become a, a deeper team. You know, so the goals and the expectations that we have for our team have not changed. And we're going to continue to push and push and, 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 and try to win as many games as we can. You mentioned some of those guys that were hungry to, to get more minutes and get more playing time. And I want to talk about Cody Pugh because he's certainly one of those players. Uh, during the game against Santa Clara, he earned his way into the starting lineup. Uh, we've seen him play more and more this season, but he was out there for, I think, 36 minutes during that Santa Clara game. He racked up 10 points, uh, really started to, to shine quite a bit. You know, he's another player that's battled back from injury and, and come out on top. What can you tell us about Cody's journey to earn that spot in the starting five? You know, Cody had a devastating knee injury himself, you know, two summers ago uh, when he was at Stanford. And I mean, had a gruesome knee injury that knocked him out the whole year. He has fought his way back. I mean, he didn't even, you know, even this summer when he got here, all he was doing was rehabbing uh, to put him in himself in a position to play. I mean, if you would see behind the scenes, the amount of work and time he puts into uh, preparing to play. I mean, it's impressive and it speaks to who he is and his character. Um, you know, but that being said, you know, he's still not anywhere close to being a hundred percent. And f- for him to go out there and give us 36 minutes, um, when his high was six, you know, again, that, that speaks to who he is as a person and his character. And he, he played admirably. Uh, I felt like, he gave us a chance to win the game and we'll need a lot more of that moving forward. You know, whether he can play 36 minutes in a game, you know, I don't know about that, but um, I, I think the more he continues to play, the more comfortable he's going to be. And, you know, I, I expect a lot from him. You know, hearing that he's, he's still not back to a hundred percent. I'm kind of shocked that he, he played that much. Was that a decision uh, on the coaching side or on his side or a combination of both just to, to fight through whatever, you know, pain or discomfort he might be in to, to give the team a chance? Well, I think he was, he felt great that night. Anytime you come off an injury though, you, it's the next game and the next day is harder than when you're fresh. He was very fresh. And, you know, we're never going to put Cody or any of our players in harm's way. Uh, he felt good. He felt fresh and he earned the right to play that many minutes. 
Well, it was exciting to see him in the starting lineup, and he was in the the starting five again uh, against Portland, and I want to talk about that game for a minute because after a long homestand, you guys took it on the road and really put on a clinic up in Portland. It was uh, LMU's largest WCC victory since the 1990-91 season. Uh, You guys were shooting dynamite from three. From the field, Matias was pretty much unstoppable, uh, and you broke down their 2-3 zone pretty early on. So I want to start talking about the three-point shooting. Four different players on your side scored at least two three-pointers. What helped lead to such high production numbers from downtown? Well, probably the fact that the two games before that, we couldn't throw it in the ocean. So I think we were we were due to have a good night, you know, from, from outside. But, um, you know, anytime we take care of the ball, which is number one, and the ball goes inside out, our percentages go way up. And I thought our guys got rhythm shots in the game. I thought the ball hit the paint. We made good decisions out of the paint. And we shared it. And when you share the basketball and it's coming from inside out, your your chances of shooting the ball better goes way up by a lot. And that's the key to our team. And that's the key, key to most teams, you know. But we don't have guys that can just come down and jack. You know, we we have to get it in rhythm and we have to get it the right way. And I felt like in that game, our percentage was a byproduct of how we were getting those shots. Was that something that you had specifically focused on in practice after previous games to get the team into a more natural rhythm? Well, we always talk about, you know, how we want to get our shots and, uh, you know, how how we need to get them. And I think guys are each game is starting to understand that uh, more and more. But sometimes, man, it's it's you gotta you gotta toughen up and you gotta knock them in. And you know, we had good looks against Santa Clara. We had good looks against uh, St. Mary's. Um, you know, the St. Mary's game. I mean, we turned the ball over twenty-seven times. And we turned the ball over twenty-seven times, and it's a three-point game, one-possession game. We have the ball. In the end, the game, we turned it over. We didn't even get a shot up. And that's an amazing stat. You know, if we had two or three less turnovers, which is crazy high, you know, there's a good chance we win the game, you know? So that's been, that's been our Achilles heel. And if you're turning the ball over, you can't get in any offensive rhythm, you know? So um, I thought Portland, we did a, we did a, a better job of taking care of the ball and, and, and being a lot more focused in, in terms of our ball security. Yeah, just 13 total turnovers in that game against Portland, and that's a huge difference. You know, What did you guys change to adapt game to game to make sure that you kept a better handle on the ball and didn't turn the ball over as much? Well, I don't think we've changed. I mean, it's just constant feedback, working on it, looking at it. I mean, we've been doing this since Southern Utah, you know, and it's been a problem since Southern Utah. And, you know, it's like I said, it's it's not – you know, most of our turnovers are on force. It's passing, it's catching, it's a lack of focus. And, um, you know, I feel like our guys have, the last few games have done a better job of being intentional about it and not being so casual because that that has cost us mightily. I mean, we can go back to our three games we've played. I mean, at Pacific, we're up nine, and, you know, we went on a stretch there again where we didn't make shots and we turned the ball over and we let them get back in the game. St. Mary's, you know, like I said, 27 turnovers, you can't win that way. And you're right there to win the game. Santa Clara, you're playing without two starters and you're right there to win the game. 
you know, so as frustrating as that is for me, you know, the good thing is if we can do that and be in games like that with the things that we're doing, meaning turning the ball over, imagine what we could be when we, when we stop, you know, so that's, that's what we have to be ultra alert and urgent about, you know, as we move forward. Well, speaking about urgency, I know pace of play is something that you've mentioned and talked about uh, throughout this season and the offseason as well. And, you know, having watched the last couple games, it really seems like the team is starting to play uh, with a lot more urgency and transition uh, faster on offense when they have good looks. You know, what has helped the team start to kind of put that together, uh, especially in the last couple games? I think time. Everything takes time. And, um, you know, what I'm asking them to do is a lot different than what they've probably been asked to do in the past. And good things take time. And I'm saying that as a reminder to myself because I'm the most impatient person in the world, you know, but it's just reality. And, um, you know, I think our guys are starting to get a better sense of who we are and how we want to play and what we want to do and what it takes to win. You know, and we had three games that, that, again, all three went down to the wire. And I don't know how many times they've been in that situation, but, you know, you got to give those teams that we play a lot of credit. But at the same time, we put ourselves in a position to not win those games. And we've, we've got to, we got to be better. So the games don't come down to that. Well, after, as you said, three close games, it was not even close at all against Portland. It was a 25-point win, and, and part of that the reason you guys won by so much was the play of Matias Markison inside, not only facilitating the ball, but but shooting well inside as well. He had 25 points inside, uh, 13 rebounds as well. Uh, he's been a player that, you know, after a tiny bit of a maybe a scoring slump earlier in conference play, he's really come back in force against Santa Clara, even against St. Mary's, uh, and certainly against Portland. What has helped him? get back to you know putting up these massive numbers and, and being such an impactful player i just think timing rhythm time you know i don't think any of us understood the the effect it had on matthias being out for for a year or over a year it's hard the emotional toll uh that it took on him and then physically just um you know banging against guys the rhythm uh again new system uh, new expectations for him, uh, asking him to do new things. I mean, all, all that, there's a combination of a lot of things that I think that took place. But I think Matias is starting to find his groove and uh, he's being a lot more aggressive and a lot more decisive, uh, a lot less indecision on his part. I don't expect him to get 25 and 13 every night, although I'll take it. That is who I thought I was going to be coaching. You know, and I'm I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. His teammates are happy for him. And that's what we're going to need down the stretch if we're going to get done what we want to get done. Well, he does seem like one of those bigs that really is versatile and, and can adapt. And, uh, you know, as you said there, it must have been really difficult having not played a year and then coming in and implementing a whole new system. But he really does seem to be adjusting pretty well. Yeah, no, he's, you know, he's he's on the right path. He, we've got to stay there. And that's what I've told him. You can't go back from this. You know, we got to we got to stay. We got to stay right here. Part of the reason you guys did so well against Portland as well is how quickly you broke down uh, their two three zone. You really broke it down right in the beginning. And and really, after that point, they couldn't recover and you kept attacking. Uh, What helped you break down their defense so early on and so efficiently? And what helped you keep attacking them throughout the game? Well, I mean, again, I think we you know, we executed. Um, We're very efficient. 
We didn't turn the ball over. We got the ball inside. We went inside out and then guys made shots. And, you know, when you make shots at that level and you're scoring at that rate and the ball's going in, everybody feels good. You know, I, I thought we did a good job of penetrating the zone with the pass and with the dribble. And when they collapsed, we went inside out. I also thought we didn't settle against the zone. Matias was able to post up and get some easy touches. And we were offensive rebounding, especially in the second half. You know, so when you do all those things, man, you know, the shooting usually takes care of itself. But we played the right way from the beginning. And our hearts and minds were right, and we wanted the game. We had the right spirit. You know, I, I didn't feel like, you know, our spirit uh, was as good against you know, the, the two home games. And for us, we have to have all that. You know, we have to have that collective spirit, that collective urgency. And when we're like that, we're tough out. When we are kind of tiptoeing around, then we can lose to anybody. And we've proven that. So, but I, I thought those are the reasons why we, we were very um, productive against Portland. Well, it seemed like LMU certainly played with, with uh, at the very least, a fire in their belly, uh, and it made it very, very exciting to watch. I want to end today talking about you, Coach. Uh, it's been roughly two-thirds through this this year, your first season as a head coach. Would you be able to reflect for a minute and just tell us about some of the things that you've learned, not only about this team, but about yourself through this season? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've had to, to learn the patience. You know, I said that before, I'm not very patient. It's not a strong characteristic of mine. You know, I, I like things done uh, immediately. I want to be great immediately. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind we're going to be. But, you know, sometimes things that you can't control happen. COVID being that, you know, COVID's happened. You know, I've, I've had to, all the things I've said, you know, when things get hard, the better it is for us. You know, all these things that we have in our program, you know, being relentless, being selfless, uh, being connected, you know, I've had to live that. I've had to uh, walk that every day because, I, you know, you get put in positions where it's easy to go, gosh, you know, woe is me. But I've had to be accountable to the things that I've said, and that's how I should be. And as the season has gone on, you know, with this year, you know, I've, I've, I knew this, but it, it was magnified even more, you know, greatness and championships. Those things are never done and never won on plan A. You know, you got to have a plan B, a plan C and a plan D, plan E, plan F. And this year has really um, helped me grow that way. Uh, helped me understand that at a deeper level. Every day that I'm here, I have a stronger belief in who we can be, and that's never changed. There's no doubt in my mind that we're going to be great here at LMU, and great things are going to happen, and great things are happening. You know, I've learned that our guys have some high character, and I was on them, you know, when I first got here, that they had great people character, but their basketball character wasn't very high. Their basketball character has grown tremendously, and I'm proud of that. And uh, that tells me that our culture is moving in the right direction. And, you know, those are things as a coach, man, that's all you can ask for. We have great kids. They put it on the line. They don't understand yet all that it takes. Well, why would they? They've never been there. Uh, so all that has been good for me. As we get to the fourth quarter of our season now, uh, for me is, you know, we've got to finish strong and we have to go for it. Everything that we want is there. 
And I've got to do a good job of making our guys believe that. And they've got to see that in me and uh, in our staff. And if we do that, we'll be right where we want to be at the end of the year. Well, Coach, it's been really exciting for me as a fan to watch this program and the culture develop uh, with you at the helm. And you've become such an inspiring leader on this team. I mean, the guys really seem to look up to you and, and be inspired by the culture and the program that you're building here. And with that, I, I want to ask, who do you look up to and who do you look to for inspiration? Well, I mean, there's so many people. There's a lot of people that I've, you know, I've worked for that I've seen go through some good things and bad things. I've been in a lot of places where we had to, you know, kind of reboot the program, you know, so there's guys in my circle, you know, that I'd lean on our, our mental performance coach, Brian Kane, who works with our guys. He does a great job uh, for me, helping set the tone uh, in terms of the week, the messaging and, you know, lifting my spirits up. You know, I have a circle of people who, who I'm surrounded by that, they give me the good, the bad, and the ugly, and and you need that. I'm proud of that. Um, so that's that's what I look to, and, and and the most important thing is our guys. You know, I tell them all the time. You know, sometimes players, you want the coach to give you confidence, but what you don't realize sometimes the coach coach needs some confidence too. And when you have guys doing what you ask them to do and fighting, that gives me great confidence and great belief. You know, and and those guys motivate me every day to be at my best. Well, thank you, Coach. We really appreciate you taking the time with us this week. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date with all things LMU basketball, you can follow at LMU Lions MBB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season. You can also get an exclusive look into the men's basketball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. or on lmulions.com slash podcasts to listen to each episode anytime. And you won't want to miss out on reading Coach Stan Johnson's new standard letters on lmulions.com. Lions, thank you for joining us for All Access with Stan Johnson. Join us next week as Coach Johnson continues to take you behind the scenes with the men's basketball program. I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Until next time, have a great week and go Lions.